The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Marion McKeown, US correspondent with the Business Post. What sort of meeting is Joe Biden likely to have with Xi Jinping in San Francisco tomorrow? Well, I think, you know, things have been, the relations have been so bad between China and uh, the U.S. over the last several years. The last time uh, that the uh, Chinese and American leader met was with Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago. And the only person to benefit from that was Ivanka Trump when she got all of her patents as a result of that meeting. But other than that, there were no benefits. Now, one of the big asks, there are, there are really two, there are several, but two of the big ones really are this one about fentanyl. Joe Biden desperately needs to come out this with an agreement from China saying they will no longer provide or export the raw materials for fentanyl, the precursor chemicals, essentially. And that would be a huge victory for Joe Biden because, you know, in America, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 people die every year from drug overdose. And fentanyl is at the center of that because it's so much stronger than heroin. It's so much stronger than Oxycontin or any of those prescription drugs that people were taking. And then they started replacing them with fentanyl. Uh, so that would be really big for Biden on the domestic front. Uh, and then I think he also really wants to lean on China to say um, talk to Iran do not let Iran get involved in the Middle East. Keep Iran out because China has, you know, it, it gets a lot of its oil and gas from Iran. It has a lot of influence there. I don't know if they'll do that. I mean, obviously, it's no, it's not um, affecting them negatively, having uh, America caught up in wars in Ukraine and, and you know, and in supporting Israel as well. So, and then, you know, there's also talk about microchips and, and China wants to be able to get the chips back, the conductors for, to, for AI. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but there, look, climate change there are a whole bunch of things we'll see what comes out but i think for biden if he can get um china to say okay look you know we'll we'll talk to iran and we will stop we will take steps to stop the export of these fentanyl chemicals the precursor chemicals i think that would be a really good meeting yeah, for what, america but what's the chinese attitude likely to be because hasn't there been a case in the last number of years that there's been more denigration of the United States trying to, to create more division and to really show the Chinese people that look this American dream is not one that you actually want to live up to. You know, they've been doing that forever and they're, you know, I mean, China always will promote promote the Chinese way of life, you know, the communist China as the ideal. I remember being in China and they were all saying, you know, America's crazy. They have these elections every two years. What the hell? You know, how can you ever get anything done? That that's China can tell Chinese people what they like, essentially, just as Americans tell American people what they like about China as well. Uh, but I think I think that there is a recognition. You know, Taiwan is another giant elephant in the room. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, but I, I think it's good that the two leaders are meeting. It's good that they are having talks. And as I said, I don't, you know, even if there are a couple of little gets out of this, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where, where it goes from there. Um, but but I wouldn't hold out too much hope for this being a whooping big success and, and the two of them sitting around seeing Kumbaya together or anything like that. But uh, Carl Thomas is with us now. Surely the Chinese have to show a better attitude towards America and America's economy for two reasons. One, they hold so much American debt that they really don't want America to go into decline. And also because for Chinese output, America is still a major uh, market for them. Yes, right on both counts, Matt. But uh, 
uh, Xi Jinping is having trouble with his economy right now, and he needs more American businesses. They're having this big meeting at $2,000 a ticket with uh, big business leaders in San Francisco while uh, Xi is in town. But, you know, you were talking about Taiwan just a moment ago. Let's not forget that Xi is a communist. There are a lot of people of a certain age who don't really remember what the communist philosophy was about. And if anybody wants to know what a takeover of Taiwan by Beijing would look like, all you have to do is look at Hong Kong. China promised to abide by an agreement to allow Hong Kong to remain as it's been for 50 years, and it was only a couple of years before they started cracking down on everything from the media to local elections, freedom of speech and assembly, and started arresting and jailing opponents to the regime. And I would say the only byproduct of this meeting in San Francisco that is immediately tangible is that the politicians there have actually cleaned up the streets. They didn't want Chinese cameras showing the homeless, uh, the tents, the paraphernalia, drug paraphernalia, and taking it back and showing it on Chinese television, uh, proving the uh, decline of America. So maybe we should get uh, communists visiting uh, some other big cities and clean things up there. What you make of that, Marion? It's not an <laughs> invalid point, is it? Well, you know, of, of course... Uh, <laughs> Like, you know, you bring somebody to a city and, and like, yeah, San Francisco has got a lot of problems at home, but they're also exaggerated. There's a sort of a right wing media trope about San Francisco that, you know, oh, my God, it's full of homeless people. It's full of crime. It's full of this. It's still one of the wealthiest cities in America. It's still one of the most expensive. Personally, I don't like San Francisco at all, but I think that that's really just a, a side issue. I, I think that Cal is right. that the, This big business meeting they're having the round table, China is desperate for American investment and for, you know, Chinese Americans to invest in China as well. And, and you know, this is part of the reason for the visit. I, I think that the, the, the one of the things I did mean to get back to earlier was, uh, you know, f- starting from November 16th, America is cutting off China's access to semiconductors that are used to advance artificial intelligence and that might be you know we might look for some movement around that because China is going to want something if it gives America certain concessions as I said on fentanyl and possibly on on Iran as well and also maybe these tariffs you know Biden has done this a lot Trump uh, did things that were really criticized by Democrats um, and one of them was these Chinese tariffs 370 billion dollars that have been in place now for years uh, that Trump put in place in a tit for tat with with China um, um, back in, I think it was 2018, uh, and Biden has just left them in place. They may try and shift those as well. We'll see. Uh, but as I say, I, I think that there there is so much to be done at this meeting, but I don't think very much is going to get done and very much is going to happen other than the top line asks. Okay, Cal, you described Xi Jinping as a dictator, um, but I wonder if Donald Trump was to get back to power in the election in November next year, what type of leader he would be when you consider this speech that he gave at the weekend. In honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country, that lie and steal and cheat on elections and will do anything possible. They'll do anything whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. People know vermin in Donald Trump's world. What do you make of that, Cal? 
Well, it's below disgusting and disgraceful, Matt. Uh, his name-calling, he calls Nikki Haley a bird brain. He Rhonda Sanctimonious. He's called uh, Chris Christie fat. Uh, you know, some people have, com- have compared this kind of language to uh, language used by Hitler and Mussolini to uh, demean the Jews. Uh, I think another analogy could be Senator Joe McCarthy, who found communists behind every tree in Washington in the 1950s and was finally disgraced and uh, eventually uh, had to leave office in disgrace. This kind of this kind of talk does not win any arguments, and he is uh, Trump has already said that if he wins, it's it's going to be a revenge uh, uh, term. Uh, now, what kind of talk is that? I mean, even Abraham Lincoln said uh, at, uh, in his second inaugural address, we are not enemies, we're friends. And this was this was still in the middle of the Civil War, where, where thousands upon thousands of fellow Americans had died. But we don't hear that from Donald Trump. It is disgusting. And to call a fellow Americans vermin is uh, beyond the pale. So how is it that the Republican Party is going to make him the nominee for the next presidential election? Our primary system is broken. What you get when you have both parties doing these primaries is the most extreme views on both sides. And by the time you get to the general election, the public feels, uh, the general public feels it has to pick the lesser of two evils. And uh, frankly, I, I think, you know, these primary system was instituted because a lot of people didn't like what they call the smoke-filled rooms with professional politicians picking the presidential candidates. But that's starting to look better, in my view, than what we've got now. If all we can end up with in America is another contest between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, we are really in bad shape, and maybe we are in decline, as President Xi of China says. Mary McCown, are the likes of Nikki Haley staying in at present only perhaps in the hope that Trump will be imprisoned next year and won't be able to run, and therefore they then will be able to take over the nomination? Well, you know, I think that's a part of it. Look, I cannot tell you the number of people I've spoken to Republicans in the last couple of months, really since... Uh, the, being in Iowa in, I think it was around May, who have said, you know, th- they really, they don't want Trump. Like only, only the MAGA section of the Republicans, which is a huge section. If you have, if you have half a dozen people running for, uh, to get the GOP nomination, Trump wins. That's, that's just basic math. If it gets down to with Tim Scott pulling out and, and, you know, with Mike Pence is gone and various other people are gone or they were never in the race in the first place. If it got down to a Trump Haley race and Ron DeSantis really firmly believes if it got down to a Trump DeSantis race, a lot of Republicans believe that Trump could be beaten. But if you've got multiple players, then Trump is going to take all the MAGA votes, which is about half the Republican party more, I would say. Anyway, um, so he can't be beaten on that on that field. So you know, if if the Republicans could get their act together and they could say, okay, you know what, Haley's performing the best so far. So everybody else just get the hell out of the race, and we'll have a two horse race. I think then that Trump would be beatable, but I don't see that happening because, as you said, DeSantis and Haley and all these people, if they can hang on, if they can get enough funding, but it all comes down to funding again. Uh, I think a lot of them think that something might happen at the convention in July that that, that there might be some situation where Trump will get bounced off and they can get the delegates and they already have their delegates, etc. So they don't want to pull out before then. It's a pipe dream.
extreme. But, you know, nothing. I, I, I think the only thing I've ever learned with American politics is never say never because anything can happen. So, yes, Trump seems like a dead cert at the moment, but he may not necessarily be. I think a lot of Republicans are fantasizing that he won't be. But, you know, if the election were to be held tomorrow, obviously it's Trump's. Maybe next, you know, whenever, you know, March primaries, like Super Tuesday, we'll see. But we, we will have to wait and see what happens. Of course, another example of him being a failed businessman, Carl, is that so far his Truth Social, uh, his uh, social media outlet has lost $73 million since his launch. He's not exactly a brilliant businessman either, is he? Well, not only that, Matt, I think it could be an initial sign that some of his most devoted followers are starting to pull back. I mean, this was billed as something, uh, just the name of it, Truth Social, that you'd be able to go to that and get the truth about Donald Trump uh, and go through all the filtrations of the biased media and all of the other rot you hear uh, and uh, and really find out what Trump uh, is thinking, what he believes, and, and all of the rest. I think this, uh, I'm hoping that this is a early indication that uh, some of his most ardent supporters are trickling off. Uh, I think uh, what Marion just described is a wonderful thing if it would happen, but the problem is you'd have to change the rules of the Republican National Convention. And if they did that, you would see an enormous number of MAGA Republicans, Trump supporters, uh, rebelling and maybe not even voting, and that would just hand the election to, uh, to uh, Joe Biden. Okay, we will leave it there. Thank you very much to both of you, Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4:30. Today, F-